Welcome to Your Beautiful Game Podcast with me, Kyla, where we encounter wins, losses, and everything in between from soccer to life, both beautiful games to play and learn from. We get to choose to prepare, practice, learn, and implement in our own game. Now let's play. In today's episode, y'all are going to learn a little bit about my journey. I was planning this podcast. I was looking for the right word to theme it around. And so I asked my dad because, you know, he's watched my whole soccer career and he came in with the word perseverance. So through how soccer has just been a constant in my life, there's always been perseverance around it when it was from when I was a kid to high school to college to now. And then also the important lessons that I learned and how perseverance came about with that. And also having the position as a goalkeeper and knowing that perspective, you have to persevere. You gotta, you gotta push through some hard times, especially when you're the only one in that position. So I'll be giving you guys a little bit of insight about everything that I just mentioned. And I'm very grateful for you guys to be here and listen to my story. So let's get into it. So first things first, I started playing when I was four years old and it's not like I planned this or my parents planned this. Um, Pretty much my dad was working at a charter school at the time and he had to work a little bit later and my mom was also working. So my dad would pick me and my brother up from uh, school and bring us back to the charter school and so they had an after school program going on for for kids and so he would just drop us off in there and say okay see y'all later i gotta i gotta finish up work and stuff and one of the activities was soccer so just started kicking the ball around started like you know making friends with all these kids that were my age like just four-year-old stuff you know and come to find the guy that was running it uh really wanted us to be pretty much like a league, pretty much something that um, would happen on the weekends. We get games, we get all these things. So I was put on the team called the Mosquitoes. Um, And if you know what Bumblebee soccer is, uh, it's like herding cats. It's there's a ball, there's all these kids surrounding the ball and everyone's just moving all in one blob and just moving and moving. So, and it's funny because I remember also like being at the half line on our little field and it's always that question of like which way is your goal and then you have to point and then which way is their goal point and I just started understanding like I really like this like I want to go to soccer I want to do these things so as I grew up um throughout the years like elementary school middle school I started getting introduced to even more sports so uh like elementary I started picking up basketball middle school I started picking up volleyball and also some track and field and so I would always be doing one of those sports at school because like we didn't have too much money growing up so we had to use what we had so at school you get to join sports because it's part of school and So pretty much I would be doing like basketball and then I would go to soccer practice. I would go to volleyball and then have soccer practice and then go to track and field and we would go to the meet and then I have like a game on Saturday. So soccer was always around no matter what. 
And when I say this, I like to preface this because this is a big thing uh, when it gets to like when I get older is that I never was introduced to select ball or club ball or like where you pay to travel and you pay a lot more money to be part of a league. And again, it was just because we just didn't have the money at the time. So uh, the more and more I would just play different sports, the more I started to understand that like these sports were practically the same. Uh, in basketball, I would always be the one like diving on the floor and like trying to grab the ball. And then I would just sprint up the court. And one of the things my dad reminded me of, which is so funny, I loved playing basketball. Don't get me wrong. I was just not that great at it. What I mean by that is that I was fast. I could steal the ball. I was like agility, like speed, all these things. But the funniest thing is I would steal a ball and I would be on a breakaway and I would just be full speed ahead when a layup is like one of the easiest things that you could do. And because I wouldn't slow down, I would just throw it up and it always just hit like the backboard. And like my coach at the time would just get so mad at me every single time. Like I would steal the ball at least 10 times a, a game. And then, but the thing is I couldn't make a layup to save my life, which is so funny. Um, and then same with, same with everything else, like volleyball. I really thought I was going to be a volleyball player. Um, with track and field, I loved throwing. I loved like just throwing heavy things and like understanding like this is so fun to just throw things. <laughs> and I just thought everything was so fun. And in the midst of all that, I'd go to soccer practice. This is where all my friends were. This is where like I got to escape, you know, school and school school function sports. And I got to have friends that didn't go to the same school as me. I got to see different aspects. And so this is where, when I turned 10 years old, uh, the team that I was on at the time, uh, our, our goalkeeper just didn't show up and was just tired of it. And my coach just asked and was like, who wants to be keeper? And I was like looking at everybody and I'm like, what is everyone afraid of? Like, I don't understand. I played every position known to man. And you can probably see Sadie if you're watching the video form right now. Um, I just didn't understand like why people didn't want to play goalkeeper other than like, I just wanted to score goals. I wanted to be a forward. I would play midfield. Defense was actually my jam too. Like I played everywhere and at this point, I was like, well, if no one else is going to volunteer, I guess I will. And if it's just for one game, it's not a big deal. And so we're at practice and everyone's like kicking the balls at me and we're practicing. They're practicing shooting. And I'm like stopping these things. I'm like, how is this working? How I'm actually kind of good at this. Like, what the heck? And so it takes all these things that I've been doing, like volleyball and basketball and just using just athletic ability in general to my advantage with goalkeeping let me get this straight though i did not like it <laughs> i just did it because no one else would i just would step up and just go with it so when i was a kid and through middle school like i would always like beg to not be goalkeeper i hated it i was like let me just go score goals please let me contribute to the goal scoring to us winning that's what i want to do and so I would always play it every so often here and there. And man, like just all these parents, like throughout middle school would be like, 
dude, you're just really good at this. Like try, just try and be a goalkeeper. And I'm like, I don't want to be a goalkeeper. So come to find the next phase of my soccer career was high school. So when I got to high school, I started becoming aware of the fact that I did not play like select ball or club ball. Like every single girl um, that was trying out was like, oh, like what club do you play for? Or, you know, where did you start playing and all these things? And I'm like, AYSO, which is rec. And they're just like, you've never played club before. A lot of like that type of thing, like a lot of judgment and a lot of uh you didn't like do this and I'm like well no because we didn't have money and I still played soccer so what's the big deal you know and so I started becoming self-conscious about it but my freshman year I took the opportunity since I was going into a high school where a lot of like people like didn't really know me or how I played soccer or what position I played I took that as a as an advantage and an opportunity to be like I'm just a forward. I have always played forward. I have never stepped foot in a goal as a goalkeeper. And so I was telling all the girls this. And so I was trying out for JV and this one girl comes up to me. And if you don't know me, I'm half Filipino. So she, she comes up, she's like, you look like Filipino. And I'm like, oh yeah, I am. I'm half, I'm half Filipino, half white. And she's just like, oh, like my, my Penai sister, like, oh, we're going to get along so great and all these things. And she had gloves on and like, and I was like, oh, cool. Like, are you the goalkeeper? Have you been the goalkeeper? Cause she was a year older than me. And she's like, yeah, but like, I wish like, you know, there was another person out here trying to, you know, try out for goalkeeping. Like, you know, I don't mind it, but whatever. And I said, oh, okay, well, like between me and you, you know, as Panay sisters, I said, um, hey, like I used to play goalkeeper, like, you know, back a few uh back like in middle school and so she just said it a little too loud and she's like oh my god you play goalkeeper and the coach heard and the coach was like hey look like we only have one one keeper right now like for anything like as you try out we'll 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 make sure that you're not the goalkeeper but like you'll be back up like if that's okay and I said oh I guess that's fine so then they put me in during tryouts and I was to toot my own horn doing a little bit better than my friend and it was just one of those things of like accepting the fact that I'm gonna be the goalkeeper I was just like well there it goes like there there was my chance there was my window and the the coach is like please be the goalkeeper like this is gonna be a great opportunity for you so I said all right. Well, if I just get to be on the field the whole time, awesome. Let's do it. So I started goalkeeping more. And like, again, I never got really like goalkeeper trained. I just would go in there and be like, okay, I just get to pick up the ball or I get to just get in front of the ball. Just make sure it doesn't go in the goal frame. Like that's my, that's my job. So I would like stay on my line. I would you know, just like be really cautious about things because I was the type of person that I didn't like my team like being let down. And to me in the goalkeeper position, it was one of those things of like, you know, if a goal happens, it's your fault. It will always be your fault. And that's what I believed. So um, it was just one of those things. I was like, oh, okay, 
I can't let them down. And so my JV year, my freshman year of high school, we actually ended up winning like the last tournament of the season um, off of PKs. I had never stopped the PK in my life. And it was just like, we were on like the third PK. And I just remember being in goal and going like, just pick away. Like no one has taught you this, just pick away. And I looked at the girl and I'm like, I bet she's going my right. And so I just looked and whistle blew and I just shuffled a little to the right. That's exactly where she went and I stopped it. And I'll insert a picture right here of the actual stoppage. And that's what won us the tournament. And it really started giving me validation of, wow, like you could, you could be a goalkeeper, Kyla, like you, you can do this. And so it just blew my mind that that was one of the moments where I was like, you're actually really good at this. And so I said, okay, great. So going into the next year, when I went into my sophomore year of high school, I just remember that varsity lost for the first time in years in the state championship, uh, my freshman year. So going into sophomore year, the coaches were a little revved up and a little bit like, we got to build the team that's going to win this year because we can't just have a losing streak and all this stuff. So I was doing the math, I was doing the calculation. I said, okay, the senior goalkeeper left. There's only one girl. She's older than me. And let's try to make varsity. And so we're all trying out and I'm just watching her and I'm like, I can do this. Like I can, I can beat her out. I can step up. I can do all these things. And the varsity coach at the time was just like really getting on me about every little thing. It's like, get off your line, uh, talk more, you know, why didn't you save that? Like stuff that like wasn't constructive, but I was taking personally. I was like, I, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know why I'm not getting off my line. I don't know this. I don't know that. And the assistant coach, which was his son at the time came up to me and was just like, what club do you play for? And I was like, I've never played for a club. And he's like, are you serious? And again, it was one of those like judgmental things. And he's like, well, you're really athletic, but like you have no clue what you're doing on the skill side when it comes to goalkeeping. I said, no, I don't, but I'll get in the way the best that I can and push through that. And so they were like, okay, after everything, I actually made varsity uh, as a backup goalkeeper. And so I was like, okay, so if I work hard, if I work hard to beat out the starting goalkeeper, who's only a year older than me, I will play. That was my biggest thing. And then a practice would come, a game would come, another practice would come. And they, they would even give me like extra time at the end with the assistant coach. And he would take time out of practice or take extra time after practice to teach me about angles and teach me about how to look at the game and like really all this stuff, which I really appreciated at the time because I didn't do club because I didn't get that extra time. And he really took that upon himself. And it was funny because I, I also forgot to mention this, but I didn't like using goalkeeper gloves. Like I was just like barehanded, would just get in the way, hated how they felt. And he's like, well, you need to start wearing gloves. And I'm like, I don't have any, and I don't have money to do that. Like I play school sports for a reason. He actually ended up buying me some gloves, which was amazing. 
Um, and the more that I was spending extra time with him, the more I started to believe, like, I'm going to be better than the starting goalkeeper. I'm finally going to contribute. And every time another game would come, another game would come. And it was always like, nope, she's starting. She's starting. She's starting. And then I even like pulled the assistant coach aside and said, like, what do I need to do to start? Because if I'm just going to sit on the bench, I'm just the type of person that I would rather contribute than sit there. I'm not a bench warmer. That's one of those things that I for sure knew deep down that like, if I wasn't contributing, then I don't want to be a part of it. And so I even asked to go down back down to JV just so I could get some touches on the ball, just so I could play. And the, the varsity coach at the time was like, yeah, 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 that's fine. And I'd go play a little bit of JV and then the varsity game was right after. So I'd just come sit on the bench after, but he only let me do that for two games. And he was like, nope, nope, I need you. I need you on the bench. I need you on the bench. I need you on the bench. And he convinced me that I needed to be part of this. And so I was like, fine. And I was just becoming more and more miserable because I felt like my personal athlete just wasn't contributing and wasn't helping. So throughout that year, just bench warmed, just, you know, did what I had to do. So another year comes around. And again, throughout the year, I played all, all the other sports. Like I did basketball, I did track and all that stuff. So I was still getting my, my fill of all my uh, sports. So then comes my junior year. And I said, I truly do not want to sit on the bench. I'm going to work my ass off so that I do not do it. But homegirl that was been starting was a year above me. And so I've come to find that he valued seniority over skill. So I started just being like, I don't wanna play anymore. Like I, I just don't want to be a part of this because he's always gonna choose her no matter how hard I work no matter how much, like he's always going to put her first, no matter the extra time I put in, no matter the extra training skill stuff, nothing. He's always going to pick her just because she's a year above me. So tried out, made varsity, did all the things. And I said, but fine, I'll just push through, make it to my senior year. And I have a guaranteed like starting position my senior year. So we started out the season. I think we're about like the second or third game in and we're playing. So we were a four, a school. So we were like a little bit smaller. And then the big schools in uh, my hometown were five, a, so we were playing all the five, a schools, like for preseason, these are like games that count, but really don't count. So we were like, you know, win or lose, we got it. It's just practice. And so we were playing this, this high school and how they got some big girls. I was like, thank God I'm not playing. And all of a sudden I see their forward get a breakaway and she's coming and our goalkeeper is starting to come out for a 1v1. And all of a sudden, all you hear is like a crack. And I was like, oh no. And everyone just got silent. And then there was just like this curling scream, just like a very painful hurt scream we realized that this forward just broke our goalkeeper's shin practically in half. And I'm not being dramatic about that. Um, couldn't move, leg did not look good. 
and I'm watching this all happen at the same time, my brain is like, girl, you're about to have to go in right now. And I was getting my gloves on. I was getting all the stuff on. They're like taking her off the field and I get in and I'm like, okay, this is my opportunity. This is the chance because guess what? Homegirl ain't going to play the rest of the season. It's you, Kyla. And if you don't, if you don't show up, then we got to show out. Right. And so I love how my dogs like to join in. Sorry for the pattern disrupt. Um, and I started just playing my game. I started doing what I have been working hard for, been working towards. And it was just one of those things like, dang, like this is, I'm, I get the opportunity to show this coach that has been putting me on the bench for almost two years and say, look, like I've improved. Look, I'm trying to do what you ask. I'm doing everything that you want me to improve. And every game he had something. It was, you were too much off your line. You were too much on your line. That punt was not great. That goal kick, you need to learn how to take your own goal kicks. You are not diving to the right side. Your timing is off. It was just always like never a positive or constructive thing that I could work with. So as you can imagine, my self-esteem my my ego like everything is just get like getting beat the fuck up right now so i was like whatever i'm starting like i'm contributing i'm helping i'm doing what is best for me in this and so i put up with it we got to the championship game for state and i just remember missing two goals and so whose fault at all of this uh, missing and losing the championship game? Whose fault was it at the end of it? Mine, according to my coach. So I really took that hard. I was like, dude, I don't know what else to do. I, I even told my parents, I'm like, dude, I hate this sport. I, I hate that I can't do anything right. I hate that the coach doesn't see the good things that I do. And like, is it worth it anymore? And I really contemplated not playing my senior year. Like I said, I don't know if I wanna do this anymore. So come one more year, come my senior year, throughout the summer I trained, I said, I'm gonna make the best of it because I have a guaranteed spot. And so, cause I was like, I'm the senior and there's no other goalkeepers. So. I get to play like that's what is it what it is and so a lot of things that he would tell me to do over the summer was yes work out like make the mile time all these things and one of the things was hey like make sure you're still playing soccer like keep those skills up like go play in your church league go do whatever you need to do to get some touches on the ball go play indoor and that's what I did I I did everything that he said I I would go to play in my church league. I would go, you know, to indoor every night. I would be playing against guys like all the time uh, because I didn't have that, that like avenue of club or select. I was just like, okay, this is what I can afford. This is what I can do. Let's better myself. So I bring up church league for a reason. So there in New Mexico, there's a rule that you cannot play club ball 
or any other league ball when high school season starts. So our championship game for my church league was the same day as our very first day of um, actual season play. And we, we just had an alumni game that day. It wasn't like a real game or anything. And so at the time I also had a job uh, at like a, a local restaurant and stuff. So I was like, I wanna play in the championship game. Like I've been playing all summer. Like I'm not, not gonna play. And it was like right after the alumni game, it was in the same like vicinity of each other. Like we played at school and then there was like some public fields right outside of my school. So I said, oh, I can make my game like no problem. I play the whole alumni game right after there was like a little like banquet and stuff. And all I told my coach was like, hey, like I gotta go to work. Um, And he was like, okay, like that's fine, whatever. So I go, I go to the other field and I started, I got, I got on the field and started playing forward. And we actually ended up winning. We, we won that. And it was just so, so amazing. And I was like, that's validating to me. Come that Monday, I get called into my soccer coach's office. And he's like, do you have anything to tell me? And I go, what? Like, I don't, I don't understand what you're asking of me. And he's just like, you lied. And I was just like, about what? And, you know, teen angst, Kyla was just, you know, not going to say much. He's like, you lied about going to work. And I go like, why? Uh, What are you like? Why are you saying that? And he's just like, don't play dumb. And I said, okay. I went and played in my church league championship game instead of going to work. He goes, you know, that's against the rules. So what I'm going to do is suspend you for three of the preseason games and we had a preseason tournament. So it was really the, that tournament I was suspended for. And he's like, you can't even sit on the bench with us because you lied. And in my head, I'm like, so what you're gonna do with goalkeeping? I'm the only goalkeeper. There's not even JV goalkeeper or a volunteer, <laughs> voluntarily being a goalkeeper. So what the frick are you gonna do? And so in my head, again, I didn't do the right thing. I was not enough. I just will never please this soccer coach that is my only opportunity to keep soccer in my life. And so I told my parents, my parents were pissed off about it. They're like, dude, she, she lied about going to play soccer. It's not like she was going out and doing drugs or drinking or any of that. She went and did what you told her, but because of this rule, especially it was an alumni game, like he he took that as an opportunity. And don't get me wrong, I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt, especially as thinking about the story as a 28 year old. Um, so yeah, I was sitting on the on the sidelines with the parents at the first game and they're like, what what's happening? I would tell them the story and all these parents would be like, what is he doing? Like, what is he thinking? And in reality, he straight up told my parents like, nah, I just don't, I don't like that she does that. I don't like her. I don't like all these things. And I'm like, dude, if you have that big of an issue with me, again, why did I just work my ass off for two years? Why did I sit my ass on the bench? Because you convinced me that I was going to be not just the starting goalkeeper my senior year, but he also would give the starting goalkeeper a captain spot. And I lost that because of me doing what he told me to do but i know i lied and i take ownership for that so 
got back into it after those suspension games and just did my thing. I, I really just truly like blacked out a lot of my high school experience because of how I was treated or how I felt at the time. And again, come, come the championship games at state and same thing happened. It was two, three goals on me and guess who got blamed? It was me again. It was, it was my fault, uh, according to my coach that we are losing championship games and and that was it. I ended that game and I went up to my parents crying and I said, I am done with soccer. I'm done. I, I, I can't take the, the mental abuse anymore. I don't want to be a goalkeeper. I've never wanted to be a goalkeeper. And I put up with it for four years, so I'm done. And my parents said, that's fine. That's okay. So go through my senior year, did all my sports, just had a good time. And I was looking for colleges and all that stuff in the meantime. And I for sure knew that I didn't want to go to a D1 school. And I wasn't going for sports. Like that was just one thing where I was like, no, I just want to get out of the state of New Mexico. And I want to go to a small school. And so I was looking up D2, D3 schools in Texas. Like I said, I don't care what city it's in as long as they have what I want to do right now and the environment is good, the vibe is right. Like, I feel like I can stay here for four years. So went through a whole list of, of stuff. And every time we would go visit, my dad would be like, well, let's just go talk to the soccer coach. Let's just go talk to the soccer. Let's see what's going on. And I would just, I would just be like, sure, whatever, fine. But in my head, I'm like, I'm not going to play soccer. I'm not going to do it. And so I ended up, um, going to Concordia University, Texas. And when I did my first college visit, I actually met up with the coach at the time and she was straight up and I, I can't hate her for it. Like they were, they were on the up and up, but she was like, yeah, I already have three goalkeepers. And I said, hmm, perfect. I'm done. Like, great. That's just validating. And then I also met up with the track coach at the time. And so little sidebar, in Texas, it is illegal for, I don't know if illegal is the right word, but in high school, you can't throw a javelin. Uh, someone got hurt. They took it out of it in Texas. In New Mexico, I would throw javelin, shot put, and discus. So when the coach found out that I have had experience throwing a javelin, he was like, will you be on the track team? And I said, that's pretty cool. That's actually a, a an opportunity I never even thought of. And so I actually signed to Concordia to be on the track team as a javelin thrower. And so I was like, yep, we're going in all these things. At the same time, uh, that summer going into my first year of college, uh, my parents also decided to move to Hawaii for a year. And so they dropped me off in Texas and then flew to Hawaii and lived there for a year. And we can get into that story whenever I talk to them. But um, so where I was going with that is that they had to drop me off really early. So I would actually stay with my family that lives in Austin. And before I moved in, I stayed with them for a couple of weeks before I moved into college. So a couple of weeks before I was going to make that move, I get a call and it was like, hi, is this, is this Kyla? And I said, yes. She's like, so uh, my name is Miranda. I am the new head coach at Concordia, Texas University for the women's soccer team. 
And I said, nice to meet you, Miranda. What you need from me? He says, hey, um, your, I found a video of you and your highlights of being goalkeeping. Two out of the three goalkeepers have left and you're already applied and ready to come here. Will you please come play for the soccer team? I said, Miranda, I have not had a good experience uh, doing these things. I also did not know that my father sent highlight videos to every single college I looked at. And um, I said, we will have a conversation when I move. And she was like, okay, I'm up for that. That's fine. So I moved and I went in and I sat down in her office and I said, this has been my experience. My coach was the worst. I do not like soccer right now. Um, I did not send you that video. And if I am going to give this a chance, this, these are my, these are my conditions said, I asked her, I said, do you play, play seniority? Because the, the keeper that stayed was going to be a senior that year. I said, do you play seniority? She goes, no, I play people who deserve to play and earn it. And I said, okay, check number one. I said, what's your, your philosophy on, you know, getting extra training for goalkeepers or any of that? Because I never played select ball. I only know so much from my assistant coach back in high school. And she's like, oh, I already hired a goalkeeper coach and you will have your own practice, your own time to work on these things. I said, hmm, okay. And I told her, I said, look, I'm not gonna give you a 100% definite answer, but I'll come out to tryouts. And she's like, okay, perfect. So went out to tryouts, uh, understood that there was six freshmen, including me, and I actually got roomed with one. And then um, the team, a lot of transfers came in. So there was like a good set of girls like coming in. And, it, and I was just nervous for the same like feedback that I got in high school of, you know, oh, you never played select ball or any of that. And I just never said anything. Like I just kept my mouth shut and just showed up at practice. When they started shooting on me, started stopping things. I was fast. I was showing what I really built up at the time. And lo and behold, in my head, I was like, I'm not going to start the first game. Like I'm a freshman. I'm, you know, I just, I just know that the other goalkeeper, and again, I've mentioned this, I'm five one, the other keeper, she was almost six foot tall and a senior. So in my head, I'm like, nah, she would start the senior. Like, why would she start me? We get in the locker room before game day one and she's going over the lineup and she goes, oh yeah, Kyla, you're in. I'm like, huh? What? Like I, I, I didn't believe her. And so I was like, oh shoot, I'm in. And y'all would laugh at this, but we got, we started the game literally the first like three minutes ball gets broken through my defense and everything and I went to go out to just like clear it and uh <laughs> I ended up kicking the ball right at the forward it went over my head and into the goal and I was like why am I starting <laughs> why why did why did Miranda start me why did we do this and so but she kept me in she believed that that wasn't my fault like defense should have done their job the the middle field the forwards like everyone just let that ball through and I was like hmm this is different. This is really different. 
And I ended up starting almost every single game my freshman year. And it really validated that I knew what I was doing in high school. And it was just somebody who was more biased towards seniority, someone that apparently didn't like me according to my parents. And I just was in awe of the fact that I was playing college soccer. Again, I didn't plan on it. And then towards the end of my freshman year, which was track season, uh, I ended up tearing my ACL, throwing javelin. <laughs> and everyone's like, oh, you must have tore your ACL playing soccer. Nope, I did it throwing javelin, the thing that I signed to come to college for. And the, the rest is history on that, where I never threw a javelin after that. I got a red, um, what was it, a red shirt for my sophomore year and stayed on the team. I stayed on the team for soccer every single year. We went through uh, a few coaches throughout my years at um, Concordia. And, you know, my sophomore and junior year were pretty rough when it came to being triggered by old coaching habits. But my senior year, I realized that this coach actually truly cared and he was a guy. Um, and he really saw my potential. And I was up against, there was me and three other goalkeepers my senior year, three. So there was four of us total. And so, I mean, I, I showed up, I did it. I did the damn thing and, you know, never won a championship. But at the same time for my validation, like I was always one of the top defensive players of the week, every single week, I was top five goalkeepers in our conference. And I would take that any day because that's the most validating thing off of my experience from high school. So after all of that, <laughs> I am now out of college and like wondering what the heck I'm gonna do. And I actually got my kinesiology degree. I ended up getting a master's in uh, sports administration. And with all that being said, uh, I still had no clue what I wanted to do. I knew that sports were things that I understood. I'd got get injured all the time. So when I was in the athletic training room, I was paying attention. I was paying attention on how to wrap ankles. I was, what's the concussion protocol? Like, how do you deal with jammed fingers, like turf burn, all that stuff. I would pay attention because it was happening to me. So my awareness of my own body was getting built, which was awesome. And so I was like, well, you know, I was trying to figure out what to do. I was working at a soccer shop just selling cleats and selling stuff. And um, one of my friends was like, hey, like, have you ever thought about possibly, you know, working at like a gym? And I was like, okay, we'll look into it. And then I actually ended up getting a, a job at Orange Theory. And if you don't know what Orange Theory is, it's a group class place, uh, running, rowing, weightlifting, all in one class. And I actually ended up being a desk person for them first, but we got to work out for free. So I would listen to the personal trainer. I would really like hone in on like how to feel good again in my body, uh, especially outside of soccer. And, and then I, when I started listening to them more and more every day I worked, I'm like, dude, I can do that. Like I can coach. I know what, I know what the heck I'm talking about. So I actually ended up becoming a personal trainer. I got my NASM certification and became an instructor at Orange Theory to start out my 
journey in the wellness space. And I, I had people that loved coming to my classes. I would love just watching people move and understanding like when they hurt themselves or telling them modifications. Like I loved that. So within the Orange Theory space, uh, another coach, she actually worked at another gym. She's like, you should really come to this to this gym that I work at. And I think you would really like it. So I started working at this other gym and I went through like more of an intensive, more of like why things are connected, how they function in your body, how to deal with pain and still train. And I got so much out of it and became more of like a personal trainer where I had one-on-one clients and helping people. And it was just so eye-opening of like, dang, I still got this. Like I understand how the body works. I know how to get rid of pain in a shoulder, in your back, in your legs and all these things. And, um, but again, my boss at the time was not giving me the time of day. He wouldn't let me be good enough. And he just was like, do more, do more, do more. And the more I do, nothing's coming out of it. And so by the time around, I would say 20, the early 2020, you'll see, uh, early 2020, I stepped up and I said, look, like I want this many clients because I need this much money. And at the time, me and husband were living separately for job purposes. I want to say that uh, for job purposes. So we were living in two different cities, having two different rents, two different everything. And I was like, look, I need this much money to survive just on my end. And this is how many clients that is. And I, when I questioned it, he didn't like that. But the opportunity came along where I actually got to take on somebody else's um, clients and was like, okay, here we go. The week after that, <laughs> shit hit the fan in the world and we turned virtual. We we had to adapt. We had to figure it out because we had no idea what was going on with this whole COVID situation and how the gym was going to go. And we heard that he invested more into these like coaches that would help his business for him. And he cut our pay in half. So all this work again that I put in, all this time and effort and not living with my husband, like really took a toll on me mentally for sure. And we'll definitely have a whole episode about that. And it was just, it was eye-opening. And so the real, real thing that happened was when I was having one-on-one conversations with my own clients over Zoom during the pandemic, I'd be like, look, you can pay cheaper and really all that money was going to go in my pocket where I was only getting like maybe 30 ish percent of what they were paying at the gym. And a lot of them followed me. I had no, no ties to the gym. I didn't have a, uh, what's it called? A non-compete, uh, contract or anything. And I said, yeah, let's, let's, let's just go. Let's do this on my own and I'll figure it out as I go never knowing that I was going to make this a business and something that I have now been doing for going on three years for myself. I still have a good handful of those people that followed me 
And I learn more and more about how, yes, the body functions and I can do, I can write you a workout, no problem, put you through something like that. But at the same time, I'm learning that the mental side is a lot, a lot of why your physical is the way that it is. And I started going on my own healing journey this past year and understanding myself uh, mentally and physically. And that is where we are right now. We are here in my own business, now adding in more of the mental side to the physical movements and helping other people realize the and not have the feeling that I had of you're not good enough and you need to work so freaking hard to be this person. And in all reality, I was doing it for everybody else around me. And this past year was probably the first time that I really realized that I'm doing this for myself. I'm healing for myself. I'm doing what I need to do physically and mentally for myself. And what's cool is it's really like showing everybody around me that I'm putting the work in and doing this. And I get to, I get to get up and just talk to you guys about my journey and how soccer has just been a part of it. And the cool thing is soccer is still a part of it. I play in adult leagues. I still get emotional about the game. I get to be goalkeeper. I get to be forward. I get to live out the dream of all these things of from when I was a kid till now. And it's just cool that I get to be the person that I always needed throughout my whole journey. I get to be the coach for these, these high school girls that I coach and show them that it's possible to mentally be okay while still getting your ass handed to you at tryouts or at practice. Um, same with even the people that I've worked with for a while that are in through, they're in their lives. They're, they're between thirties and, and fifties, like showing them that there's possibility that you don't always have to lose weight. You can just function in your body without pain. You can feel strong. You can do the things that you've always wanted to do. And that's what I do. That's exactly what I do. And that's, I'm the person that Kyla needed at the time and wanted at the time. And I love what I do. And, and now we're here and I want to share that with you guys. So all in all, I, I've learned a lot of lessons along the way. And a few big ones is just enjoy and put myself first. And soccer will always be there. Soccer is just one of those things that really has helped me throughout these struggles and these things that have come in and out of my life. And so my, my intention for that is to just help. The intention to help these girls, the intention to help my clients, the intention to help myself has always been who did Kyla need at the time when she was going through these things. And I now get to be that person, that person for myself, but also for my clients, for my husband, for my family, for my friends. And I love that. I finally feel so aligned with what I do. And the cool thing is soccer is still a part of it. So yeah, thanks for coming along for this journey. Uh, I also want to add a little segment on uh, questions that were asked of me. And I will be posting um, 
these weekly on the Instagram, the at your beautiful game podcast uh, Instagram, uh, that you guys can ask me questions, uh, whatever you guys want to want to know about. So I asked like what questions you guys wanted to know about me, my position, all these things, what you would like to hear in this podcast. And I'm going to answer a few here that I, I got uh, a lot have to do with soccer, um, but uh, a lot of perspective stuff too. So the first question that I got was, who's your least favorite player ever? Um, so here's the thing. <laughs> I might be a soccer player. I am really bad about watching soccer until I met my husband. Um, so I'm going to come from more of the women's side because that's what I really idealized uh, growing up. And so one like player that has struck a bad chord with me um, was Hope Solo. Um, I really idolized her because she was a goalkeeper. She was very athletic. She, you know, would just amaze me. But it wasn't her as a player. It was her as a person. And so I know she's going through it right now. I know she's dealing with a lot of things. She was dealing with a lot of things in her life. Um, but to me, like the person that the player is, is a lot more important than just the player. And so, yeah, she's she's not my fave. I would always I would always correct people. They're like, oh, Hope Solo. And like in high school, and I'm like, nah, we're we're not that. We're we're not gonna be a Hope Solo person. Um, who's my favorite keeper of all time? Was the next question. Um, right now, uh, again, it's more of like a bias thing and like more of a uh, love my husband thing. Um, my my husband. And you'll you'll you guys will hear this on the next episode, but he is a Manchester United fan. So by marriage, I must have red in my house. Uh, no light blue. Um, I know that. <laughs> and I actually really love the keeper on that team, uh, David De Gea. He is just he just reminds me of my husband. That's really what it is. Um, but he's amazing. I, I when I watch highlights or I watch the game with Kyle, like he amazes me. A, a, a whole bunch um I always idolized you know a bunch of people too and one of them was like Casillas like back in the day um but it's one of those things that there wasn't many women representation so I didn't really like get into it I was just like ah like cool I'm cool with like the keepers going on right now but at the same time like I can really respect like male keepers and what they do because they just they just fly man they're they're amazing uh another question that i got which i really wanted to answer is like are goalkeepers actually crazy <laughs> um short answer yes uh long answer uh i mean i'm telling you goalkeepers have their own personality like most goalkeepers are looked at as like the weird ones on the team like we are the ones that are definitely like questioned uh we're the little bit different ones uh, more outspoken. And I love that. I, I was always that even Kyle, my husband is, is the same way. Like we were like the weird kids on the team. We were the ones that would talk all the time. We're the ones that are like being goofy and being ourselves. And so however you want to look at that, if it's weird, if it's crazy, if it's just being themselves, um, goalkeepers definitely have like this extra little personality trait and you can tell, like you can tell who a goalkeeper is um, versus like a field player, which is really cool. 
next question. How do you deal with when you make a mistake in the game or a goal happens on you? Ooh, this is a long journey type of question. Um, one of the biggest things that I learned like growing up as a kid, again, I, I got that perspective of like everything was my fault. And a big thing that I was told in college was if you're, you know, if you're just going to go down and let's say a goal happens in the first minute of the game, you're not going to play the other 89 just because one goal happens. And, and I, I, I see that ratio. I'm like, okay, like there's no point to be down and in my own feels for 89 minutes, just because a goal happens in the first minute and it's called adversity. And that was a really big thing for me in college where I, you know, would communicate more with my defense, communicate more with my middle field, middle field, my midfielders. And I, the more I communicated with them, we would break it down a lot easier. And then I could see that solely it wasn't my fault. It takes the ball to get through 10 other people for 10 other people to do their job before I even get the ball. And I try to remind my goalkeepers of this because you're not the only one on the field. You're the only one on the field that's in your position, but it does take a village. It takes a whole team to get through this game. Soccer is not a sole individual game. It's a team sport. And so the more that I could tell myself, like, look, you got to be a collective. If the goal happened on me, it happened to all 11 of us. It didn't just happen on me. So, you know, I could have my fit for a few seconds and all that. But again, it's like how much time is left in the game to get a goal on our side, to improve, to take that and 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 run with it. And again, that took me a while because of my experience. And for college and, and even now in my adult leagues, it's like it doesn't hurt my feelings, but it revs up like, let's go type of thing. So it's really cool to like reframe that. Um, last question, how are your parents with you playing the position of goalkeeper? Well, uh, we could ask them, I'm going to be, um, getting on a podcast with them here in the next few weeks. Um, but from my perspective, um, I was, and is, uh, the first <laughs> soccer playing family member. Um, no one in my family plays soccer. I am the only one. Um, and so when I chose to keep this sport around, my parents had to learn, they had to understand what offsides was, what positioning was, how to win the game. Like they had to had to break it down. Like my mom was a tennis player and my dad was a baseball wrestler. My brother's a wrestler, football, like never soccer. And so they just learned along the way. I would always tell uh everybody that like my parents weren't normal soccer parents like they didn't really throw their hands up when something would happen or they would yell at their kid or like i just never remember my my parents yelling at me or getting on me or you know having a conversation in the car or like after a loss or something um what i do remember is that my mom hated that i did goalkeeping <laughs> she was a nurse so so falling getting in front of a ball getting kicked at doing all these things is like her worst nightmare um but she knew that I was putting in the work to be as safe as I could be even when I got hurt 
Um, it wasn't like the worst of the worst injuries, which was, um, I guess, somewhat of a beam of hope and light for her. And then my dad, uh, he he's just an athlete. He was just like, yeah, go do your thing, like whatever you need to do. And then when I got into high school and I started playing more just keeper solely, um, he would actually sit uh, on the goal line with me. Like he wouldn't sit with the parents, like he would be there. And if like we were winning or whatever, like me and my dad would just have conversations. Like he would just, he'd just be cracking jokes and all these things. And then when it came time for me, like he was my cheerleader. Um, I like to tell people, and I also will pop up a picture of it, um, that, so the gloves that my coach bought me in high school, they were all white. They were just super, super white and how my dad thought was a good idea on how to be my cheerleader. Uh, he, he had these Mickey gloves, like these, like just cartoony Mickey gloves and he would wear them. He'd wear them at my, at my games and everyone knew who my dad was. So really all in all, like my parents are very supportive uh, of all, all the endeavors that I've ever done um, and sports and positioning of goalkeeping and stuff. Um, they, my mom didn't like it too much, but she knew that I was good at it. She knew that I knew what I was doing. So she was just there. She was there to be supportive. And so was my dad. So yeah, I, I wanna thank you guys for listening to this podcast to get to know me and my journey. And there's a lot of things that uh, can come out of all of these things. And I, I want, I, I invite you guys to really think about if you play the game of soccer right now or a sport or um, what's the thing that has been constant in your life. Like soccer has always been a constant. It's just been around during these life events of mine. And you know, what is that constant thing that you can always come back to that you just know will be there for you no matter what. And even if there was hard times around it or bad things happened around this thing, you can always find that lesson or find that constant that helps you through this and how to be better as a human being and in your well-being as well. So with that being said, uh, next week, I have mentioned it already, but we are going to chat with another soccer player um, who happens to be my husband uh, about his journey. And also, as you can see, he's in the background if you're watching the video. Um, uh, Talk about his journey, talk about uh, how soccer has really shaped his life and really just bringing in uh, how we are as a soccer couple and how we bring in aspects that we've learned from the game into our relationship, into our marriage. And you guys will love to hear the story of how this came about. (laughs) Two goalkeepers named Kyle and Kyla. Um, And I'm super excited to share that with you guys. And so once again, I appreciate you guys being here. And last but not least, uh, all updates, any cool uh, behind the scenes stuff will be up on the Your Beautiful Game podcast uh, on Instagram uh, account. And then, like I said, I'm a wellness coach. So if you guys would like to know what I do, you can also follow the at purely you underscore account as well. And just keep following for more, some fun stories to share. And again, if you guys want to ask any questions, especially that you guys know that Kyle will be here next week, I will be posting that on the Instagram for you guys to submit those questions. Uh, Any questions you guys got for us as a couple, 
married questions, soccer questions, uh, any questions that will piss him off with Manchester United, bring them in, bring them in. Um, and again, I appreciate you guys and thanks for listening. We'll see you guys in the next one.